0: Welcome to the Three Martini Lunch. Grab a stool next to Greg Columbus of Radio America and Jim Garrity of National Review. Three Martinis coming up. Really glad you're with us for the Tuesday edition of the Three Martini Lunch. We don't have an official good martini for you today. We got lots of bad news out of Afghanistan and some crazy news, too, as it relates to uh, the origins of COVID-19. But Jim, we don't want the podcast to be thoroughly depressing. So uh, at this point, Kathy Hochul has been sworn in as the governor of New York. We can officially welcome our entire three martini lunch family to an Andrew Cuomo free world, at least uh, in terms of him holding public office. Uh, I know that makes a lot of people feel good. Maybe the air just feels a little bit fresher right now. It does, and I want to thank everyone who suffered, in many cases, quite traumatically in order
1: to get Andrew Cuomo out of office and came forward with their tales. This
0: message is brought to you by the Partnership for an Andrew Cuomo Free America. <laughs> Only one more Cuomo in public life to go. Uh, we'll see if uh, we'll see if Chris keeps his job. Uh, given the fact of the timing of this, you almost wonder if Andrew would have kept his job if he had waited a week to. Uh... Make his announcement, but he didn't, and he's gone. He's gone. He can't. Don't don't say that, Greg. You'll hear it. Ha! Can't take it back now. He's gone. She's sworn. he will find a way. And he'll, I have no he'll, idea. He'll, he... he'll, he'll get his dog too. <laughs>
1: That's right.
0: Man, the guy could not have left uh, with with uh, more disgrace. Anyway, let's go to our first bad martini, and we talked about this yesterday. How essentially the U.S. policy in Afghanistan is. You know, so far the Taliban's kept its word, and we're hoping that's going to last until at least August 31st. That's not really a good policy, and we're finding out why that's not really a good policy. It's really our first two martinis today in a number of different ways. But uh, let's start with the fact that uh, we have a week left now before August 31st. Today is August 24th. That leaves us... uh, Seven days, a little more than 168 hours as we record here. And right now, uh, things aren't looking great. Uh, we know that uh, despite what uh, Joe Biden is saying, it's incredibly hard for people to uh, get to the airport. The crowds are worse than the Taliban's bullets, according to some uh, embassy staffers, as we reported yesterday. There's also the story of a uh, an American woman who happens to be single, and because she didn't have an American relative, she was beaten on her way to the airport, so now she's in limbo uh, trying to get out. We've got the uh, the Taliban holding press conferences, Jim, which is just really bizarre, uh, and two different things that uh, their spokesman, the Taliban has an official spokesman named Zabi Hula Mujahid, uh, that are also not good for our current situation. Here's what he said. 31st th- it is uh, their plan, Is the American plan. the American
1: plan. This was already not according to the agreement. The they have opportunity. opportunity, they have all the resources. They can take all the people that belong to them. We are not going to allow uh, Afghans leave and we will not okay. extend the deadline.
0: So he's saying no to anything beyond August 31st, and now he's saying Afghans can't leave. And as far as we can tell, the United States is powerless to do anything about this.
1: Greg, one of the weird moments of this situation is that you see members of Congress saying, we should go past August 31st. Adam Schiff, who is not someone we frequently praise on this podcast, right? Uh, recently said that uh, he just doesn't think, considering the rate of planes leaving the airport, how many people they can put on each plane, uh, that the numbers just don't add up. He echoes one of my readers who is a, a defense contractor in Afghanistan who's been trying to get his former employees out of the country uh for the last week or so and he's got i've updated this in the corner he's got some good news they got about 700 out in about three flights in one day but you know you look at the numbers you just can't get enough people out in a week there just isn't enough time there just aren't enough planes there just aren't enough seats um so in all likelihood we're going to have americans and afghan allies on the ground beyond uh, august 31st the good just as we started taping greg we now have confirmation there are two parties who believe however that Americans and Afghans should not leave the country after August 31st the first is the Taliban and the second is president Joe Biden who has apparently told CNN uh, or an official has told CNN that president Biden has decided to keep to the August 31st deadline to withdraw from Afghanistan as evacuations accelerate this is in you know this is contrary to the desires of Boris Johnson of the UK and most of our allies it sounds like the Taliban has told us when we're leaving and we have agreed
0: yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, we, we heard stories that uh, the new CIA director, William Burns, was over there secretly, although maybe since we're talking about it, not so secretly, meeting with Mullah Baradar. And I don't know what his message was, but it clearly hasn't changed the Taliban's timetable or their, their, their position here. And so we're literally uh, doing things at the uh, the mercy of the Taliban. And as we know, they don't have much mercy and so what's going to happen now, if they're saying Afghans even now can't go to the airport, what that's going to look like in the streets. Uh, and we're also hearing stories, of course, that they're planning to kick out the media after August 31st, cut off the internet, and then uh, it's just going to be a horror show from there. And so the fact that we're just uh, saying, yep, okay, whatever you say, and moving on is, uh, is just horrific. It just You're
1: wondering what's going to happen on September 1st. What, what is the administration going to say? Well, we tried to get them out, but we couldn't get everybody out by then, and we're just not going to try anymore. Sorry, Americans. Sorry, Afghan allies. Oh, by the way, the Taliban's not allowing people to get past the checkpoints anymore. Taliban decreed this evening, this, uh, this morning, that you know, t- skilled ta- uh, Afghans should not be leaving the country. You know, Do, do we have any leverage in this situation? Don't, don't, aren't we the arsenal of democracy? Don't we have any ability to say to these guys, hey, if you don't play ball with us, we have ways to make your life very painful? Apparently not, Greg. Apparently, we, we, we now run the Peace Corps. Or something like that. We are utterly at the mercy of the the Taliban. It is appalling the state of affairs we're in. No,
0: it's completely ridiculous. And and Biden's whole thing has been, well, it was going to be this awful no matter when we did it. So it's just going to be awful. I mean, that's not leadership in any way, shape or form. Just ridiculous. All right. Well, uh, let's talk about something good besides Andrew Cuomo being out of office. And that is the great deal you can get on your my Pillow sheets. You know about the pillows, of course, from My Pillow, We've talked about the towels a lot, even the slippers, but there's also the Giza Dream Sheets. Fantastic sheets, very soft, very smooth. You get a great night's rest, and uh, they are our favorite sheets here in the Corumbus household. And now, uh, Giza Dream Sheets, great discount price. For a limited time, you can get
1: 50% off any Giza Dream Sheets with a price as low as $49.99. Imagine sliding into the most comfortable sheets you will ever own, guaranteed. They're made from the world's best cotton, grown only in a region between the Sahara Desert, the Mediterranean Sea, and the Nile River. Its long staple cotton makes it ultra soft and breathable. These sheets are available in a variety of colors and sizes. They're machine washable, and they come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a one-year
0: limited warranty. And for a limited time, you can save 50% on all Giza Dream Sheets. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the Radio Listener Square. Don't forget that part. Click on the Radio Listener Square and use the promo code Martini at checkout. Or call 800-874-0104 to get the Giza Dream Sheets for as low as $49.99. You'll also find deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow towel sets, and so much more. Don't miss this sale of the year. That's MyPillow.com com promo code martini or call eight hundred eight seven four zero one zero four sleep better with my All right, Jim, back to our parade of bad martinis here and this one is pretty similar to the first one. It's about uh, getting people out of Afghanistan and the frustrations that come along with it, particularly in contrast to what we're hearing from Joe Biden. Uh, last week at a press conference, he said that uh, he's unaware of any Americans having any trouble getting to the airport. And then he had to get uh, beaten back by Lloyd Austin, uh, figuratively, of course, uh, his defense secretary, saying, no, Americans are actually uh, being beaten on their way there. Uh, the stories are, are piling up. As soon as he said that, uh, you had foreign correspondents uh, based in Afghanistan saying, I have no idea what he's talking about. It's it's a disaster over here. We're seeing it all the time. And then uh, over the weekend, he said, by and large, nobody's having any trouble getting to the airport. Well, the numbers of Americans in Afghanistan seems to vary, but uh, it's at least 10 to 15,000, if not more than that. And now we're seeing of the people being evacuated, the small percentage of that that's actually Americans. This is from Alex Ward. He's a national security correspondent over at Politico. Tweeted out uh, Wednesday morning, new Leaked state cable, meaning State Department cable, with evacuation numbers as of August 23rd at 1,500 hours Eastern Time. So 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Monday. And then at the bottom it says total manifested, means how many people they've gotten out of the country since the operations began. 4,407 American citizens... 21,533 Afghans, 642 third country nationals for a total of 26,582. And that's not to diminish the need to make sure that our Afghan allies who are sitting ducks to be slaughtered uh, don't get out of the country. We we have to make sure they get out of the country. But Jim, if that number of 10,000 to 15,000 is correct, and we've only gotten 4,400 out so far just doing the math like we were a moment ago about how many days we have left to do this. There's going to be a lot of people left behind who are American citizens. Yeah, and I don't buy into this. Uh I was
1: a J.D. Vance who's beating the drums on populism. Oh, I don't want any Afghans coming in before Americans. Look, I think we'd all agree. The primary duty, the preeminent duty of the U.S. government is to get U.S. citizens to safety. But I think, you know, one A, one B, not too far after that is Afghan allies who've been working for us for for years and who basically signed on under the guarantee we would take care of them. We did not say, oh, help us out. And then at the end of your contract, we're going to leave you to the tender mercies of the Taliban. I think everyone would say that you know, these guys risked their lives next to our troops. You know, they the, they've they taken on effectively a death sentence by working to build U.S. facilities and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, we have obligation to these folks, too. It's good that the Afghans are getting on. I, I just I think you're, the, the proportion of them that are American has been bad. I also noticed a number of times the president has been referring to coalition flights. Now, look, if the Brits are getting people out, great. If the French, Canadians, uh, you know, all of our NATO allies, terrific. That's good. But that's not what we're doing. <laughs> it certainly seems like the Biden administration is taking credit for things that other countries are doing, trying to boost the numbers by throwing those into the pile when I don't think that really um, accurately depicts what the American effort is. Uh, in light of our voice and our first martini, the plan is that there's be 128 flights in the next 48 hours. If so, terrific. Um, you know, maybe they can accelerate this. Maybe they can go a lot faster. Maybe this will be phenomenal. Um, but it's certainly not something you want to necessarily to bet on. And it just you run the numbers on this, and you're like, well, we're probably going to have people still Americans still in Kabul or still outside the rest of the country by August 31st. And then what happens? It, it is kind of unnerving. Um, and also, by the way, the fact that we're getting these numbers, these specifics, from a leaked state cable. And the administration does, they're so contrary to the happy talk coming from the podium at the White House. Deeply frustrating, as I wrote yesterday, you cannot spin your way out of this. This is not a routine scandal. This is not a malfunctioning website like Obamacare.gov. You cannot, um, th- there is no way to put a positive spin on this. So right now, the best thing for a leader to do is to lead and to be honest about it. Be clear. Think of Churchill during the, the Battle of Britain and Dunkirk and all those other times. Churchill was not all roses and sunshine. Be honest with people. Stop spinning us. Try, stop. The entire messaging of the administration for the past eight or nine days has been, look, I know this looks bad, but it's not as bad as it looks. Actually, yes, it is. It is that bad. Thank God we haven't lost an American yet, but there's been violence outside the airport. It feels like we're, you know, uh, walking on a tightrope here and it is just utterly frustrating that the administration keeps acting like this is some sort of routine political
0: matter that they can spin their way out of and just take, tackling the problem head on. And Jim, I've certainly heard from people and you have even better sources than I do that because of the fact that the United States government can't get people to the airport, won't go out and get them, uh, that basically these ad hoc uh, connections uh, of different people who have worked in military and intel and media are basically figuring out ways to get people to the airport. And basically what the government's doing is getting the planes there. And even in some cases, the planes aren't getting there because of the government. But uh, getting people to the airport has become this Herculean task of people completely disconnected from the government.
1: Yeah, and again, you know, I, I... I'm really bothered to hear the president of the United States saying the Taliban is not giving us any problems. And then like later that day, the defense secretary is on a conference call with Congress and say, yeah, they're beating them and whipping them. Like, I, I don't want to beat my drum on, you know, how much, pre- how much Biden is there mentally, physically, emotionally, psychologically. Um, but that, that's really disturbing to hear the president saying that there's not a problem when clearly there is a problem. Um, I don't know if he's, it's conceivable he's not being fully briefed conceivable he's being briefed and he's forgetting about it. Uh, it's conceivable he just, I don't know, he, he knows it's not true. And he thinks that if he says it, a certain number of people will believe him. But you don't solve a problem when you deny it. And it just feels like, you know, Greg, we are nine or ten days into this and we're into this crisis and we're still seeing denial from administration figures. Like, you know, Jen Psaki saying, I wouldn't say that they're stranded, really. Right. I mean,
0: are you sending guys in helicopters to get them? Then they're stranded. Yes. Can they get there or can't they get there? Are they getting on the plane whenever they want to? Then they're stranded. Yeah, that's kind of how that works. Uh, Jim, seven days. Seven days is going to be a very stressful seven days just to watch from our perspective, but the people desperately trying to get them out and obviously the lives on the line, uh, just a tremendous amount of stress over the next seven days. All right, let's uh, take a a little break here and talk about uh, the good deals you can get from stamps.com. One part of normal life that you never have to go back to? Going to the post office to get your stamps and other postage because with Stamps.com, you can skip those trips to the post office and save money. You mail and ship anytime, anywhere, right from your computer. You can send letters, ship packages, and, and pay a lot less with discounted rates from the U.S. Postal Service and UPS. Stamps.com saves businesses thousands of hours and tons of money every year. Stamps.com brings the same U.S.
1: postal and UPS shipping services right to your computer. They make it easy for small businesses to mail and ship without needing to take a trip to the post office. You can print official U.S. postage and shipping labels 24-7 without having to leave your desk or buy any fancy equipment. All you need is your computer and a standard printer. Once your mail is ready, you just schedule a pickup or a drop-off.
0: It's just that simple. And we mentioned the discounts, up to 40% off U.S. Postal Service rates and up to 66% off UPS. So stop wasting time going to the post office and go to stamps.com. Instead, there's no risk. And with our promo code, 3martini, all spelled out, Uh, all one word, Three Martini, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, type in Three Martini. That's Stamps.com, promo code Three Martini. Stamps.com, never go to the post office again. All right, Jim. Yesterday we talked, of course, about the uh, full approval from the FDA of the Pfizer COVID vaccine. But COVID is also the uh, source of our, I don't know if this is our third bad martini or our first crazy martini, but uh, could fit in either either category. Uh, and these are not two conservatives uh, getting together on this topic. It's Barry Weiss, a longtime uh, uh, columnist for the New York Times before she was not woke enough for the uh, New York Times uh, editorial department and Washington Post foreign policy reporter Josh Rogan, who's actually played a pretty significant role in uh, digging into the Wuhan lab theory as well. And basically, uh, uh, Bari Weiss uh, hosting Rogan on her Honestly podcast, that's the name of it, Honestly, about the Chinese government and the origin of the coronavirus. And they started talking to Jim about the fact that some of these scientists who fell ill Uh, demonstrating classic symptoms of COVID, particularly losing their sense of taste and smell. These are things we uh, hadn't heard before. And that's, of course, because some people don't want us to know it and some people don't care to know it. So how significant is it and what does it tell us about uh, the lab leak theory? Well, the only cautionary note that
1: I would put out here is that, uh, I mean, first of all, of these two people, I think they're both bright, even-handed, not prone to fly off the handle or exaggerate or, or run around uh, making crazy accusations willy-nilly. Um, the only thing that surprises me is that Josh Rogan is a columnist for the Washington Post. And if you had that information, boy, that seems like the sort of thing I'd want to put in my column <laughs> to get <you> know, <laughs> the exploding avalanche of web traffic that would come from this. Instead of just saying to a podcast host, oh, by the way, did you notice this? I, I kind of, this is smoking gun that this is a, this been a lab leak. Yeah, go figure. Okay, so maybe it's not quite a smoking gun. But after a while, the number of coincidences just start to pile up beyond any reasonable uh, belief in an alternate scenario. And the first, the two things that jump out here is first that description of the loss of smell. Um, now here's the thing: you can have that from uh, of the flu or from the from a common cold. It's it's not really all that common. We don't really talk about. Oh, did you hear about uh, Ed? He caught the he caught a cold. You know, he's got the flu. Yeah, yeah, he lost his sense of smell. It can it happen? Sure. You don't hear it very often. Um, the fact there were three of these guys and it wasn't just one guy who caught something. And then th- apparently the third thing, which just seems like a whoa, is the fact that all three of these guys were working on novel coronaviruses found in bats. I mean, after a while, it just becomes enormously astronomically you know, odds of this all being just a coincidence. Um, today's Morning Jolt is all about the uh, U.S. intelligence community's report that is due to Biden today. The early reports are that it's not going to have any smoking guns or really change the dynamic on this, which is pretty darn frustrating, uh, Because in part because it just seems like the, the, the evidence keeps piling higher and higher. Um, I think this all kind of comes down to something uh, Richard Ebright, who's a virologist at the Rutgers University in New Jersey, pointed out, like, there, you know, in the fall of 2019, there were three institutions in the entire world that were doing gain-of-function research in novel coronaviruses found in bats. One's in Texas, the other's in North Carolina, and the third is in Wuhan, China. What are the odds that a completely separate novel coronavirus found in bats would set off a pandemic right outside the Wuhan Institute of Biology? Come on, this is what made Jon Stewart flip out on, on Stephen Colbert a few weeks ago or maybe a few couple months ago. And of course, you know this made Colbert so utterly uncomfortable. And that, that's, the fear of this is that people are gonna not, people are gonna avert their eyes from this because they're afraid of the implications. So they are scary implications, but you know, Uh, The other is also like if I I would love to see Josh, apparently this is from US intelligence and I don't understand what good it does to have this kind of information that really points at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, why our government would sit on it and not seem to uh, uh, shine a light on the preeminent question before us, which is how did this pandemic start? Because if we don't know how this pandemic started, we can't prevent another one And here we are, August 24th, 2021, still dealing with something that's called COVID-19 because it started in
0: 2019. No, that's exactly right. But uh, given what we know of uh, Biden's lack of firmness on foreign policy, uh, maybe that's why he's not willing to go in that direction, because he's not willing to uh, deal with the ramifications of China- at the very least, lying extensively about the origins of this and lying to the extent that it prevented other countries from taking the proper precautions. I was going to say, nothing that's happened in
1: the past eight or nine days has given given any reason to, any confidence that the Biden administration is ready to come out and deal with the consequences of a revelation like this.
0: No, no, not ready for prime time in a lot of different ways. Jim, I wish we had happier news. But again, Andrew Cuomo, out of office, uh, currently unemployed. So there we go. As I say, we take what we can get, Greg. See you tomorrow. We're hanging a lot on that on that little nugget today. Uh, Jim Garrity, National Review. I'm Greg Karumbas of Radio America. Thank you very much for being with us today. Uh, please subscribe to the Three Martini Lunch podcast if you don't already. Tell your friends about us as well. We're very grateful for your five-star ratings and your kind reviews. Please keep those coming. They're a huge help to us. Get us on those home devices. All you have to say is play Three Martini Lunch podcast. Follow us on Twitter. He's at Jim Garrity. I'm at Dateline underscore DC. Have a great Tuesday, and please join us again Wednesday for the next three martini lunch.
1: There's never a shortage of craziness going on in the news, and we're here to talk about it all. The Taliban has seized the presidential palace in Afghanistan following Biden's decision to withdraw U.S. troops. A booster COVID shot is now being recommended for everyone, and meat prices are rising while our economy is still trying to recover. Hey, y'all, it's the
0: Chicks from the Chicks on the Right podcast. Download and subscribe to our daily podcast to hear us pick apart and pick on the news of the day. Politics to pop culture, nobody's safe, but it's all fine. Subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts.